Good morning, morning, morning. Well, it's morning on my side, but I don't know where you're listening from, so I'm going to say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, as always. Welcome back. It's been almost a month since I last recorded, and shame on me. (laughs) Shame on me. I got busy sidetracked, and I honestly kind of hit a road bump emotionally, and I got a little bit depressed. But I'll actually cover that in another episode because it's not going to be this week's episode. This week, we're going to talk about something a little bit, which I don't understand why it is, but a little controversial, right? We're going to talk about sex today. (laughs) We're going to talk about the birds and the bees, but not, I'm not going to give you my entire track record or i'm not going to give the t as to my sexual endeavors right i'm going to use them as references but ultimately this conversation is more so centered around the culture that we've built surrounding the topic of sex right we're going to dive in to the thought processes why there's a lot of shame surrounding it why there's a lot of excitement surrounding it I want to kind of pick your brains a little bit and kind of challenge you to think about sex in a sort of a different light. If you agree with me, cool. If you don't, cool. That's either way it goes. I'm going to live and eat and shit. (laughs) So I missed y'all a lot. (laughs) Let's get into it. Alright, so let's get into the first part, the main part of this whole thing. Why is sex such a taboo conversation, right? And what I mean by that is, why is the topic of sex centered around this wow factor or this, oh my gosh, we probably shouldn't be talking about this. Like, why does that exist, right? As I studied it and as I kind of went back and just did research, I always had a gut feeling that it was religious dogma as to why that's the case. And ultimately what I found was actually true. It is mainly due, if you look at just society at large, if you ask anybody why you're ashamed of sex, 9.9 times out of 10, they're going to tell you it's because of the way I was raised in terms of my religion, right? They're going to tell you that. And to me, I can't stand that (laughs) because it was designed for us to enjoy. Like it was designed for us to not feel shame with, right? We came to this world booty butt naked. (laughs) and we didn't even know right but the fact that i even have to say that shows how sinister and deep it is ingrained in our culture right so now we've become ashamed of our bodies we've become ashamed of how we perform we have ultimately lost touch with what sex really is which to me is two things. It is an expression of love 
because it honestly is. And it is also a way to continue life, right? Some people look at it as just one or the other. It's actually both. But depending on the situation, you may lean towards one side or the other side, right? But it's ultimately not here just to procreate. Like, that's not the only reason it's here, which a lot of people will try to tell you that's the only reason it exists. It's not. So how does it bleed into our culture? How does that ideology bleed into our ways of thinking, our ways of interacting with each other and things like that, right? So the first way that I actually recently experienced, I think it was about a few weeks ago, is the feeling of shame when you're like buying sexual products, right? So like when you go to like a sex store or when you're going to a store looking for condoms or you go to a gas station looking for condoms or wherever, you feel a sense of shame when you're like out trying to get something that may either please you, please your partner or protect you and your partner or partners or whatever. And it's like, you kind of feel like, Ugh, I don't know how to ask for these. <laughs> like last time for me, I went to Walmart and I was looking for the condoms. Right. And I couldn't find them. Like the whole section for the condoms were gone. Like they were just straight up gone. And I'm like, oh, now I have to go find somebody and ask for this. My plan was to just get my stuff and go to self-checkout. <laughs> no guilt, no shame, no nothing. But now I had to verbally ask somebody and I felt nervous, right? Did I do it ultimately? No, because plans fell through with the person anyway. So I'm like, hey, save me some money. Cool. Um... Now that I think about it, I should probably go get some though. <laughs> but regardless, it's it was that sense of shame that actually got me thinking about, and that's why I'm talking about it today, is like, why did I feel that shame? I felt that shame because even though I've made huge strides in my spiritual journey and have come a long way from where I was before now, it is still something that is deeply entrenched into my brain that this should not be something that I do right and a lot of people feel that way you'll be surprised how many people feel that way right so the next time you go out and you try to buy some like toys or try to buy some lube or something like that and someone asks you oh what you're buying it for like just to start a conversation pay attention to how you react right and then pay attention to how they ask the question because those two things will tell you straight up both your viewpoint and their viewpoint of sex my goal personally in my own life not globally or anything yet <laughs> is to make it so that i don't feel any shame talking about sex like none at all and I've made huge strides in that too, um, because it's a mindset shift, because I stopped looking at it as this taboo subject and I began looking at it as more of a way to have fun, way to express love, way to leave a legacy. And those three ways help me kind
kind of undo the taboo factor of it in my brain, right? Another way that it kind of bleeds into our culture is the nervousness and the guilt when actually participating in sex, right? Now, I know there's always going to be the initial nervousness about, you know, going into sex, right? It's always going to be there because it's a it's a very, very open, vulnerable act. And I don't care who tells you that they're emotionless when having sex. They may have numbed themselves to feel it. <laughs> but trust and believe you are vulnerable when you do that because it's designed that way. I'm not talking about the initial stage of nervousness. I'm more so talking about the guilt and shame after the fact. Like you could have had full-blown consensual fun enjoyments in your process right and immediately after you may feel like a whore <laughs> you may feel like oh i can't believe i did that oh my god and i'm like why feel that shame why do you feel that shame right i remember multiple times where i became a full-blown tyrant in the bedroom <laughs> like i the me that people normally see was not me in that in those moments but when i first started actually becoming more sexually active i noticed that i started feeling guilt where i'm like oh my god i can't believe i did that da, da, da. but now in recent years i've let go of that because again back to my point earlier I stopped looking at it as a hindrance and more so a thing that I enjoy, right? Whether it was with my partner at the moment, who I was just expressing love to, whether it was just a link up that I was enjoying for myself and my sanity, because, you know, sometimes I need that. <laughs> Whatever the case was, whoever the person was, I made sure that I undid that because you can actually transfer that to other people right and that's not something you really want to do <laughs> um so that's the second reason the third reason the third way it bleeds into culture rather is the sense of secrecy when discussing sex and sexual acts right it's kind of like you have to whisper when you discuss sex right like if you're in a crowded room or if you're in a room that people can hear you in earshot, you but you want to tell this juicy story, right? You end up kind of lowering your tone, you kind of end up whispering. Now that could be for one of two reasons. One, it's not everybody's business, which I agree, it ain't your business. Two, it's because you don't really want anybody to know what you did. Right? You don't want anybody to kind of spread the word or whatever. Right. So for me, and I, again, was very much like that. And I know many people in my life who are still like that, but they're unlearning it. And for me, it used to be where if I talked about it, it would be through text or it'd be through like privacy. But now if you hear me, you hear me. <laughs> if you if you hear me talk about it, that's your problem. If you don't want to hear it, cover your ears, put your headphones in, you know, <laughs> like I. I I don't care anymore, at least not as much as I used to. 
And my goal for people is to get them to understand that it's not this bad thing. It is designed for our enjoyment. It's designed for us to create children, to create life, but also to have fun, to express love. And I keep saying that because it's so simple, right? It's such a simple way to get rid of this shaming and this culture surrounding sex. And it even bleeds into another aspect, which is actually I'm going to create a whole new segment for, but that part there, Ooh, ooh, it's going to be interesting. Sneaky link culture. (laughs) Sneaky link culture. That is one of, to me, the biggest ways that this culture surrounding sex or this conversation surrounding sex has revealed itself, especially in younger generations, right? So if you don't know what a sneaky link is, it's very simple. It's simply you meeting up with the person that either A, you're not supposed to be meeting up with, (laughs) whether that be for relationship reasons or past connection reasons or whatever the case may be. Somebody that you know in your heart you're not supposed to be meeting with, but you ultimately decide to go do it because you want to have a little fun or B, It's just simply two people going out at night, usually between like, I say like 11 p.m. close to midnight to about three in the morning. Or it can be any time of day, really. But usually that's when it happens, right? So that's what a sneaking link is. If you don't know, now you know. (laughs) Um, How does that tie into the taboo conversation surrounding sex, right? Well, one is kind of in the name, right? It's kind of in the name. Sneaky link. You and a person are meeting together, knowing full well that you probably shouldn't be meeting together. And y'all about to do to do. (laughs) Y'all about to get it on. And the name sneaky link it's like it's kind of insinuating that it's not supposed to be happening because you got to sneak around and do it right and i personally i don't necessarily have an issue with the name too much because i know it's just a cultural thing i've had sneaky links before everyone has sneaky links right but i just wish that we had less of a fear of being caught doing it or things like that right because if it's like i mentioned before if it's with a person that you're not supposed to be doing it with then you kind of want to ask yourself one of two things either a if you're the one in the relationship and you're sneaking around with another person should i try to open this relationship up with my partner or should i let my partner know and maybe we could talk about maybe going poly or things like that or B, if you are the person who is being snuck with, <laughs> you kind of ask yourself, hey, am I cool with this? Is this like right for me? 
And mind you, I'm not telling anybody to not have morals. I am not saying that at all. What I'm trying to convey is morality does not have much to do with how a person interacts when in regards to sex, right? Morality is usually, when it comes to sex anyway, usually centered around unwanted or forced sex, right? Because understand, if it's not consensual, it shouldn't be happening. That's just the bottom line, but I feel like I'm a trail off, so I'm going to come on back. I'm going to digress on that. <laughs> but I'm not telling anybody just lose all morals and go crazy. Like, no, have morals. But if you're doing something sneaky and you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing, your morals should come into question, right? Like what you stand for and what you want out of life should come into question at that point. Because if you're just doing it just to do it and you don't care about the repercussions, then go off, I guess. Go off, you know. <laughs> but if you feel a sense of shame after a sneaky link or you feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. One, you probably shouldn't have <laughs> because my father beat this into my head, not literally, but he repeated it so many times that I never lose it and I stand by it. If it feels wrong for a split second, you probably shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> so now, granted, that's a very nuanced thing. You can apply it to everything. But in this case, if you feel like, oh, I shouldn't be doing it because it's wrong and I they have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a partner and I feel like, I'm going to break the relationship. If, if you feel like that, you probably shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> it's just as simple because you kind of are, <laughs> whether they hit you up first or not. Now, the flip side to that is you can say, well, they hit me up first, so I don't really care. Fair, true. They, they don't care about their relationship, so why should you? But again, that's when your morals come into question and how that ties into sexual culture is We've built a culture that tells people that you can't do X, Y, Z. And if you deviate from this in any way, you will be shamed and you have a scarlet letter on your chest for the rest of your life. And you're a horrible person and yada, yada, yada. I'm not with that type of vibe. <laughs> I'm not with that type of vibe. I'm not with the whole no redemption type thing. But regardless... That's how it ties back into it, right? If you have to sneak to do it, you probably shouldn't do it. That's my morals. But, but that's unique to every individual, right? So that's pretty much the essence of sneaky link culture. I hate that we have to sneak around and be with people who we want to be with or have fun and stuff like that. But ultimately, that's the nature of the beast. And I am here to kind of make sure that beast doesn't get out of the cage. <laughs> so that's the essence. That's the culture. What do we do to dismantle that? Right. How do we get past this conversation surrounding what it is and how do we get to a solution? I'm about to tell you and a solution just like always, is very simple to think about, 
but extremely hard to execute on on a global scale. So what do we do? How do we get out of this? How do we make this better or different? It's it's not easy. It's not going to be easy to do. It's actually probably going to take several, several generations to do, but it can be done. And as long as it can be done, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so the first way is to embrace sex like the normality it is. Embrace the act of sex like the normality it is. The second way is to end the shame surrounding the topic of sex, right? So one focuses on the act itself. The other focuses on the topic itself, right? So let's talk about the act because I feel like that's the hardest part. The act of sex and embracing it as normal. Most people know and understand in their brain that it is a normal thing to do to have sex, right? It is completely normal. It is not some or, or but unorthodox thing <laughs> that we shouldn't ever do, right? It's not this weird taboo secret thing that we should all keep under wraps, right? It's normal. It's okay. <laughs> so when we and how does that look right how does that you know come to light when you are engaging in sex and you make sure everything is consensual you make sure there's nothing that you don't want them to do make sure there's nothing they don't want you to do once that is cleared and you set the parameters one you respect those parameters obviously two you let go like in that moment, it is you and whoever else is in that room or whoever else is in that car or whatever. I don't know where y'all do it nowadays. I'm talking shit, but I actually have done it in a car before. But regardless, um, we need to understand that it is okay, right? And when we actually look, which goes back to the first part of this podcast episode, is we look back at the origins of the controversy surrounding sex. When we look back, it's more so centered around religious dogma. And so when we let go of that dogma, we can actually be free and actually express it like it was intended to, right? In most cases, this is with the partner, right? So I don't want to hear the whole oh, kids don't have any boundaries nowadays, yada, yada, yada. They don't have them because you didn't set them for them. Genius. <laughs> you, you didn't You didn't set them for them as the parent. You know, you didn't set them for them. You didn't teach them. So they had to go learn on their own, which there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so now, but you don't like the result, right? So which kind of leads into my second point, which is we end the shame surrounding the topic. Most likely, parents do not talk to their kids about sex because they themselves feel shame about the topic why <laughs> you did it to make this child you did it to create this life that you're staring at right now and yet you feel ashamed to teach your child properly of course about it and then which again Nothing wrong because it passes down from generation to generation. But understand at some point, we have to let that go. 
because I would hate for people to go out into the world, not know anything about it. And then they catch something they don't want to catch or they end up with a person they don't want to end up with. This would have been avoided, could have easily been avoided had we as the parents ultimately stepped in. And I say we because I plan on being a parent one day. I'm not a parent now, (laughs) but we as the parents should teach these things to our kids in an honest way. Now, what time that what time frame that looks like, what window, what age that looks like is entirely up to y'all. It ain't got nothing to do with me. You are responsible for raising your own kids. Point blank period. Nobody else is responsible for raising your kids. But that's how we end the top the shame of the topic surrounding it. Because now when we grow up and we understand that it's a way of life, it's a part of life, we don't have to text our friend about a sneaky link we just had. When we get older, we don't have to whisper in our friend or our coworkers ear about the events we had last night. We don't have to stop the conversation when somebody walks by and is trying to eavesdrop and listen. Right. Because then it's it's a normality. It's become normal now again. And I have to reiterate this because I feel like somebody's thinking it. I'm not saying don't have morals around sex. As a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. I am asking everyone to kind of change their view on it as a whole. Right? The act itself is the problem. Not the morality, not the ideologies. It's the act itself that I'm focusing on. Right? It's the taboo aspect. It's the secret factor. It's the wow factor of it. That's the part I'm trying to dismantle because it has no reason to exist because it only hurts people. It only hurts people. And ultimately, like I said before, in my eyes, it's an expression of love to people. It's an expression of leaving a legacy. And if we continue to shame people for it, then at what point do we, at what point do we take ownership of ourselves, right? At what point do we take ownership and say, okay, let me properly teach people about this instead of bashing them whenever they do it. Because understand if you don't guide a child, if you don't guide a person, they're gonna go find out themselves. And God forbid they get hurt along the way, right? So ultimately, that's pretty much it. Like I said, easy on paper, right? (laughs) Easy on paper, easy to understand, very hard to execute. Because even for me, for a long time, I thought that, you know, sex was this thing that we should never do and we should never, ever enjoy. And it's only for procreation, yada, yada, yada. And then I actually did it once. And I was like, this is kind of fun. (laughs) And most people, we have to understand that life doesn't look the same for everybody, right? That's the big picture. Life don't look the same for everybody. If we all did this to just procreate, I personally feel like a lot of relationships and marriages would be gone within a year. (laughs) 
because you're not doing i can i can guarantee you the people preaching about that crap telling people that it's only for procreation i can guarantee you you don't do it every single time to make a child i guarantee you you don't it'd be some of the most high class high horse type people that would do the most lowly crap and bash everybody else for the exact same thing it's, it just baffles me the amount of controversies of um a lot of leaders who cheated on their wives or a lot of you know advocates who had several different partners while they were with somebody but then we bash somebody else for doing the same thing so that that lets me know that there's no standard for it there's no solid definite standard as to what it is and how we should view it right and i'm not saying there should be we could all disagree on something but as long as we're respectful right so that's kind of my two cents about the topic of sex (laughs) so before i let y'all go i'm actually going to update you guys about what's coming up for the podcast right so i wanted to give a little surprise at the end this is actually the last episode of season one of the podcast i had a fun time with it honestly i had a really fun time with this first season just you know me getting my feet wet with podcasting trying to get my voice out there it's been it's been fun and it's actually been a really good learning experience so season two is actually going to start in April. And of course, between then, I'm going to release some small little clips, just the things I want to talk about. But I'm actually going to start bringing people on with me to guest star in a podcast. I've had a few friends of mine who want to hit me up about it, talking about how they want to get on, how they want to actually share their opinions. And I'm all about hearing different perspectives so I think it's going to be fun. Uh, so April, the first week of April, first Friday of April, be ready because it is going to be a wild ride. I got some really weird, quirky, funny people in my life. So this is going to be interesting. It's going to be very fun. I am extremely grateful for all of y'all just keeping up with me, motivating me, um, believing in what I'm doing. And it's just, I I couldn't have asked for anything more. I really appreciate y'all. So be on the lookout for that. Keep up with me on all my socials. Everything is the same. Um, Rod Hayes at Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all the same. You guys be easy. You guys be breezy and try not to be an asshole.